This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. What did we accomplish? What did the four generations accomplish after 125 years? So this it's is like starting an, here, yeah? 1892. It's like an existential question, nearly. It's like a philosophical <laughs> question, <laughs> nearly, you know? Started. What did we realize? Uh, well, huh? it's... Uh... That's Omer Jean van der Henste. In September just past, in the small village of Belachem in West Flanders, now 58-year-old Omer Jean van der Henste presided over the 130th anniversary of his family brewery, Brouwerij Omer van der Henste, known as Brouwerij Bokor, until 2014, when Omer Jean changed the brewery's name back to the family's name. The story of the brewery is a good example of how regional family breweries in Belgium operate their strong focus on local cafe properties as a reliable distribution network for their beers, their flexibility in switching from lager to specialty ales as the market changed over generations, and their connection to the villages and families embedded in their very existence. Brauerei Omer van der Henste's beers include regional specialties such as the van der Henste Rode Brown and the Cuvée de Jacobin mixed fermentation beers. It includes European lagers such as Bokor Pils and Blau Export. And a range of classic Belgian ales including Belachem's Wit, Le Fort Triple and their latest Brett conditioned release, Brut Nature. But it's a strong blonde ale of 8% ABV that the brewery released in 2008. Omer Traditional Blonde, which has transformed the fortunes of the brewery from a regional lager producer to a nationally recognised producer of specialty beer. Now, Omer Traditional Blonde is a highly carbonated, fruity and relatively dry ale with a pleasant but subtle bitterness. The beer not only sheds light on Omer Jean van der Henste's vision to double down on the family heritage of the brewery. But it communicates more generally the complex story of generational transition in Belgian family brewing. So just how do you go about creating a beer brand that reflects the legacy of your family? I'm Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast. Part 1. Stained Glass Windows 
when I um, had to decide which, uh, what studies I would do after my high school, uh, my father still had a, a, bro- uh, a brother. This is Omer Jean van der Henste. His father was called Omer van der Henste. His grandfather was called Omer Remy van der Henste. His great-grandfather was called Omer van der Henste. His son is called Omer Jerry van der Henste. The brewery that he now owns and manages is called, yeah, we already know, Brouwerij Omer van der Henste. And this brother had three, three uh, children. So, <clears throat> and it was a family where we didn't like to talk about the future or over about money or about you know arrangements. That's not something that was like taboo, uh, often taboo uh, subject. So for me, it was not at all sure that I would take over the brewery. Uh, I, as I always say, uh, I am a little, I was born in a, in a brew kettle, so I heard about all my life about the brewery. But because of this complicated situation, I I wasn't I, I didn't put too much. Uh, don't want to put all your eggs in this, in, yeah. in one basket. And I say, well, we'll see because we don't know what will going to happen with the brewery. Remember that uh, we're talking uh, uh, beginning of the eighties. <clears throat> which wasn't such a, a prosperous uh, period for most of the family uh, breweries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s was really the uh, moment where the, the, the it was all Pilsner. Mm-hmm. We had changed, moved the, uh, changed the name of the brewery in 76 uh-huh. to Bockel. Main reason was because 95 percent probably at that time or more than 90 percent was was pilsner in our own pubs and we survived uh, thanks to our own pubs so just to say that it for the rest specialty beer was very was small uh, especially for us we we had only van der ginst we had goose and some creek goose jacobin creek jacobin in fact we had only pilsner and sour ales understand Omer Jean van der Henste and his brewery, you have to look back. Omer van der Henste, Omer Jean's great-grandfather, started the family brewery in 1892, producing small quantities of several beers. To survive, as would have been common at the time, the first Omer travelled around the village with a horse and small wooden cart, delivering his beer to pubs and private customers. Now on the side of the cart was a sign that read, Bieren Omer van der Henste. Beers of Omer van der Henste.
order to gain a foothold in the village commercially, Omer van der Hinste purchased a small café on Kwaabrugstraat, investing in stained glass windows with blue, white and black Art Deco lettering, which spelled out the words Beren Omer van der Hinste. Now, that first Omer, Omer van der Hinste, was a country boy from the village of Belachem, but he fell in love and married a city girl, Marguerite van Damme, whose grandfather, Felix Verschure, owned Brasserie Lefort in Kortrijk. Now, when Verschure died, Lefort passed directly into the hands of his granddaughter, Marguerite, and together, Omer van der Hinste and Marguerite van Damme moved all production to Belachem, using the portfolio of Lefort cafes to grow volume. These cafes soon showcased their own windows of stained glass and Art Deco lettering, proudly claiming that the beers poured inside were those of Omer van der Hinste. Designing and installing stained glass windows was an expensive enterprise, so when a son was born to Omer van der Hinste and Marguerite van Damme, it was decided that rather than change the markings in all the windows of the cafes, or constructing new ones to reflect the new name, the child on its way, should it be a boy, would be given the same name as his father. That way, when the child grew up and inevitably took over the business, the stained glass windows could be preserved. Omer's son then was named Omer Remy van der Inste, the double-barrel second name extension established to more easily differentiate between father and son. We are called Omer. You say we are named Omer or we are called Omer? Both are good. Okay. Yeah. We are called Omer because of the windows. Yeah. If, if there were no windows, and that's, that's a story I've always heard. It's not a, it's, we didn't make that up. It's really the, 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 the reality. I've always heard that since I, it's because yeah, it was very expensive and, and so, uh, well, uh, not because we didn't want to change it, we just called Omer. So, and it became a funny, or funny, a nice uh, yeah. tradition in the family. In fact, it had no uh, commercial reasons at all, because uh, you know, Omer, the beer Omer exists about ten years, and before that, uh, in fact, the brewery, the name of the brewery was Brewery Omer van der Ginst yeah. till 1976. Okay. In 1976, my father ch- uh, changed the name. Omer Jean is Omer number four. Omer number two then was Omer Remy van der Hinste. And it was Omer Remy van der Hinste who at one point almost sold the brewery, who was responsible for changing its direction in the 1920s from Eau Brown to Lager. In the 20s, what comes up? Lager. Not Pils yet. Export, uh, all types of, from Germany, all types of bottom, bottom fermented beers yeah. come in this region. And the consumer switches from his local specialty, mm-hmm. he, he moves to Lager beer. Reason why 
most breweries stopped brewing mm -hmm. at that time. All over Belgium, I'm not talking about all over Belgium. It has been that the main revolution, the main technological, the, in fact, the only big technological revolution in, 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 in brewing was the arrival of bottom fermentation. But the consumer moved very quickly from his local specialty, from his saison, from his wet beer, from his uh, amber, rotbrun, rotbrun, geuze, up to this person. So there was a big dilemma, see the dilemma, a big, big, here for our family, what are we going to do? Are we going to move on? To, to, or are we going to stop? Or are we going to uh, go on brewing? Because you needed big investments to do mm. business. And they decided to stop. To stop? They decided to stop. <clears throat> we are 1929, uh, crisis all over the world. My grandfather was a huge uh, uh, car uh, fan. Mm -hmm. And they had contacted Ford at that time. Ford from the US. And he got, he got the license to sell, the exclusivity to sell Ford cars in the region. So they decided they had already bought a garage in Kortrijk where he, he would start selling cars. <laughs> so they decide to, to sell the brewery and they take the train to, to Louvain. To, uh, because at that time, when you want, still now, eh? it's, it's, history didn't change. If you wanted to sell a brewery at that time, you, you, you didn't call Louvain, you took the train and you went to Louvain, mm -hmm. to Artois. Say, hey, we have a small brewery in Belgium, are you interested? Okay, and they thought it would be uh, uh, um, invited and, 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 and uh, en, grandeur. en grandeur by Spulberg, eh? the, 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 the ancestors from the, the, the actual owners. But not at all, they were. They were. Allez, reçu. Ils sont reçus de votre entrée. They were. Uh, uh, not welcome. They, they were. They were. They were welcomed by, by... By a smaller employee, like yes. a, a, yeah. a, a smaller yes. manager, less important. Yeah. And they were very disappointed. Very disappointed. It's story. It's true. They were very disappointed. And, and when they came back in the train, they decided, if, if, if that's the way we are... Uh, uh, if they don't, are not interested in our brewery, if that's the way they... they uh, when you, when you, if that's the way we, they welcome us, treated, treated, they, if that, yeah, that's, that's, that's the way we're treated. Yeah, then yeah. yeah. we continue. Okay. We continue, and what happened then? They built the brew tower, the Cascade Brewery, as it is called, you know, yeah. because that was the way to build a low fermentation brewery on. Uh, yeah. You know the system different uh, on top, the different levels. You pump everything to the the cool ship, and then yeah. moves on from level to level. It was a huge investment. My great grandmother, the one, because at that time she was also running the brewery, the Marguerite. She sold everything she had, except her pubs, to build this tower, this brewery tower. And they started to brew bottom fermented beers. <clears throat> and the first one 
was Bocca. In fact, it was Bocca. I think the first lager beer that arrived. I'm not sure about that. What does the name Bocca mean? Golden Bock. Bokor. When Omar Remy's son comes on board, so that's Omar Jean's father, Omer van der Henste, stay with me here, he doubles down on Bokor and it becomes a high quality local powerhouse of a lager distributed in the van der Henste pubs and cafes in the region of Kortrijk. I think it's the flexibility of the, of the family over the ages, that over the generations they always have been very flexible and adapted to the what the market was was asking. And the best example is when you look at the the, the, the bottles, the old bottles we, we, we used to make, Dort and, and, and German beers we've made uh, after the Second war, World War, we made English beers. Uh, we were adapt, adapting to the to the market and of course always, and the, the pub, the, 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 the tight pubs were a very strong base to, without tight pubs, without our Perhaps our distribution network we probably wouldn't I wouldn't we wouldn't be here today. So the Vanderhinste survived as many family breweries in Belgium did, by adapting to the market and establishing a distribution network of cafes. But we haven't really got to Omerjean yet, or to the brewery's most important beer. Remember, Omerjean's father, Omer van der Henste, is buying the shares in the brewery from his brother, Pierre van der Henste, right? So in 1984, Omerjean finishes a Bachelor of Law at the University of Antwerp, and he embarks on a Master's of Law at the University of Leuven. Then, when his father buys the shares, he senses an opportunity. Using his father's contacts in beer distributorships and in global malting companies, Omer Jean began securing traineeships in breweries in Belgium and around the world. So, after a period working for the independent Artois Brewery in Leuven in 1985, Omer embarked on a seven-week traineeship at the South African Olsen's K Brewery in apartheid area Cape Town. He secured a five-week internship in 1986 at the Panamanese Brewery, Cervatia Nationale. And when he returned to Belgium later that year, Omer worked at Jupil in the south of Belgium the brewery responsible for what would become Belgium's most ubiquitous lager, Jupiler. In 1988, Omer Jean served 12 months of obligatory military service in Belgium, where he was assigned to a relatively straightforward role at the Belgian Department of Transportation. But during the service, he didn't make plans to join his father's brewery. No. He spent most of his time applying for business courses around the world. There, you know, there was a lot of history associated with his father's brewery, and there was probably a lot of pressure on his shoulders should he come on board. So, instead of joining his father in the family business after military service, he left immediately for the United States of America. In 1989, 
he attends the prestigious Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University in Chicago, ranked number one business school in the world by The Economist and well known for pioneering projects in the education of business leaders. In, you know, we had a, in the second year, we had to do a study, uh, um, a venture. It was uh, called New Ventures or something. There was a, the, the class and we had to do a study. And my American friends said, oh, we're going to do a, a, a small brewery. We start up a, a, a microbrewery. And, 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 and Omar, you have to come in our team. Five people. We, are, we have to come in our team. And, uh, and uh, so... I was the expert. <laughs> I was the brewer, <laughs> uh, and so uh, we we wrote a whole business plan of starting Brilliant. a new small microbrewery. Remember what you called it? Yes, Dillinger, and Dillinger Dillinger was the name of the beer. Would be the name because Dillinger is like the the is not a, like a, a gangster, a Chicago gangster who has been killed. There is a movie about a woman in red or something. Yeah. Woman in red or. There's, I think there's the name of the movie. Something, he has been killed because of a woman in red. It's like very important in Chicago. You have Al Capone, which was the bad guy. Dillinger was like, a, you know, the romanticized uh, gangster. No, gangster, gangster. He was a gangster. And they were so excited. There were some very smart guys in, in my group. Uh, ah, let's do it. Uh, um, I don't know that, you know, we were too young. But in fact, it was a perfect moment to start. Yeah. It was in, in 89 or in 90, or in 90. It was a perfect moment to start with a, a microbrew. I, I tell you, the, the only one uh, that was, uh, was, was, uh, was Goose Island, but only in the pub. So Omar Jean comes back from Chicago with his MBA and a newfound confidence and finally joins his father's brewery, right? Wrong. In August of 1990, he starts working as a sales and marketing executive in the Belgian offices of Coca-Cola. Coming back from the States. Yeah. Then I will go to Coca-Cola. Then you go to Coca-Cola. Then I go to, yes, I had an MBA and I was uh, into the big companies and, you know, pumped up by the MBA, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, mentality and, and I wanted to... What did you think of Because that's, kind of, that's a more corporate structure. It's a very established company. It's a multinational global company. But I worked in Belgium okay. and it was still very small at that time because... In Brussels? Or? In Brussels. Because in Belgium, you know, you had still this, uh, Coca-Cola was big in Belgium, but you had this different, uh, the, the, the bottling, you had still these independent bottling companies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, you know how yeah, that worked work. and it yeah. used to work. In fact, they did just marketing yeah. in, uh, in Brussels and they did, um, and the bottling and the salespeople were all, all owned by families here. In the, and so the, the only Thing effect the the, the Coca Cola company sold syrup mm -hmm. to the bottler, yeah. and the bottler was a, a, a Belgian company. And you had and you had when I arrived there were six or seven bottlers yeah. from different regions, yeah. and they were always fighting against each other and taking customers the one from from the other, yeah. and 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 you had like the the, the Coca Cola company which was yeah. uh, like 
the referee, yeah, yeah. sorry, controlling the different butlers. But, but all the, the, the whole marketing was done by this company. So, in fact, for me, it was very interesting to see how marketing worked. Yeah, yeah. It was the uh, application of what I had to learn. But it was, in fact, adapting American, uh, American company. Um, uh, strategies? Yeah, not even strategy, but even uh, campaigns. Okay. Campaigns and to your, to your, in fact, it was some just dubbing yeah. uh, you know, uh, spots, yeah. TV spots, like they were American spots. So it was interesting, but after one year, I went in, into sales. I went into sales in, in Limburg. And, and that was really, I enjoyed it very much. I had a sales team of seven people and yeah. had to sell like Coca-Cola and Fanta. And, uh, we were launching Coke Light at that time. And, yeah. So it was interesting. Uh, for me, very interesting. That's why my, 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 my sons and my daughters are, cannot come immediately to the brewery. You have to work elsewhere first because you, you, it's so important to, to have. But remember, the brewery was really small. But it's still very small today, but it's, it, it was really, really very small brewery. So I was, uh, at a certain moment after my MBA, I was still, I was hesitating, oh, this brewery. Yeah. Was, there, it, was there something that said, that kicked you into it, or was it just a... Oh, after two years of Coca-Cola, I said I want to work for my own. <laughs> and, and, and like the, really the, 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 the drive of being my, having my own company. Yeah, and, and 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 yes. Was, was your father still involved? Then? Yes, my was still my father was still here. Yes, so I worked I worked fifteen years with my before father. Before you became, became the, the, the no, before he died. He died. He died in in. Uh, so, so I started in 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 ninety two. I started. Okay. In in the brew in the. I and you were fifteen. So I worked so ninety. Uh, June ninety. I I, I finished my studies. August uh, 90, I start at Coca-Cola, and and then uh, half 92, I start here in the brewery. In 92, I start in the brewery. My, and my father was at that time uh, 58, 58, 59, and um, and we have been working together for 15 years. And was that? I think I may have asked you before, but that was uh, was that any, any times difficult, or was it always something that you enjoyed being able to spend your working day with your father? Was he a, was he a kind of very uh, guy? Or no, like, I very, no, very nice, very nice, very uh, laid back, smart, but uh, very intelligent person, but not a. As I said, not a businessman who wanted to develop the brewery yet. And, and, and I think in general, you had more the generation above us in, 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 in family breweries. You had, my father was not an exception. He had more conviviality, more conviviality less ambition, less, less um, well, ambition. Um, Do you think that uh, among your generation of family owners, there's more attention? We, we are much more ambitious. We want to grow and, and, and then you have much more competition, yes. So Omer Jean is the fourth Omer van der Henste to work at Brouwerie Omer van der Henste. But I want to get to the beer Omer, which is a, a massive beer for the brewery, 
and an omnipresent force in West Flanders. And then, after 115 years, we thought we were ready to launch a strong beer. <coughs> a high, <coughs> high alcohol beer. And we developed Omer. Which is now one of your most popular beers. Which is now very important for the group. What percentage would you say in production? We don't, we don't like to, to talk about sure. uh, productions and, and figures and, and stuff like that, but it's, uh, it's important and it's, it's important for us. It's an important beer. Um, I mean, did you respond to the market? Did you see other beers that were stronger in alcohol, that were blonde, with a kind of a pronounced uh, yeast? profile, but also kind of dry it out a bit in terms of the use of candy sugar and think this is a good style for us to brew? Well, let me first say that we have been uh, helped by Freddy Delvaux. For the yeast? I think for, for the Omer. Nicholas mentioned that to me actually, yeah. We, we, uh, okay, so we, we went into this it had to be blunt because okay the, the market moved into that direction uh, blunt high alcohol blunt uh, and, and and then we we, we we tested a lot we really have been working two 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 three years to two different yeah. uh, brews had been made uh, that was before that he was in overrace so we did it elsewhere uh, test brews and, and and so and then finally we came back yeah. We came up with uh, so, uh, Omer. Delvo. Yeah, Delvo. So you heard the name Delvo. It seems this guy, Delvo, played a big part in the creation of Omer, traditional blonde. So, how did the Vanderhenstes work with Delvo? How together did they come to the Omer beer? And can I find this Delvo guy? So a quick search on the internet shows me there's a Delvo lab and brewery called Brauerei de Kroon in Huldenberg in Flemish Brabant. Looks like it's about 130 kilometers from Brauerei Omer van der Hinste in Balachem. Should take an hour and a half in the car, but I'd better take about two and a half hours. Brussels traffic. Two, father and son.
And then he went to the University of Leuven and he started up a new brewing lab because at that time there wasn't a brewing lab at uh, the University of Leuven anymore because there was a split in the 70s, the two universities, to the Flemish part, uh, Leuven, and the French-speaking part, uh, Louvain-la-Neuve. Yeah. Was that a request that came from the university it or was something that he tried to... No, no, it was a request that came from, uh, from the university. Yeah, because he still had some contact with the university and I knew a few uh, professors and they said, oh, we need a brewing school. And, and that's why he, he went to the university. And also at the time there was a split. Oh, no, there was a merging of uh, Salatois and GP, mm-hmm. GP So, and then, uh, well, he said, it's the right moment mm-hmm. to do something else. And well, I also became a bioengineer. I've made my PhD in another lab, of course. I couldn't do that with my father, but also on beer. So I did my PhD in the laboratory of food chemistry mm-hmm. on the uh, wheat beer. Wheat beer, yeah, the haze, the haze, uh, the turbidity um, protein, in, in, in wheat beer, protein, haze. protein, polyphenol, haze, yeah, yeah. And, and there we found out that uh, wheat is important to have a good haze. Mm-hmm. But everybody said, yeah, you need a lot of wheat to make a wheat beer. Yeah. But uh, 
the most important result we had was that the more wheat you used, the less stable is your haze. Okay. So it's contradictory, of course. Okay. And the reason is that the, the proteins of wheat, well, they, are, uh, they have a lot of proline, and therefore they are very haze active. They can interact easily with polyphenols. Yeah. But because they are, so, uh, it's unmolded wheat they use yeah. uh, most of the time in Belgium, so the proteins are quite large in molecule. Yeah. And um, then big complexes are formed, and then you see that haze becomes instable. He's the son of Freddy Delvaux. Father and son, Delvaux, own a lab and consultancy for brewers, as well as manage their own brewery, Brouwerie de Kroon. Philippe leads the business today, but for years, the father and son team worked with a range of well-known breweries, including St. Bernardus, De Koning, La Chouffe, West Vleteren and West Mala, on fermentation issues, on recipe formulation and quality control. The Delvaux are central to the story of Omer traditional blonde. Well, at that time, my father uh, already did some consulting. Yeah. He started doing consulting in um, breweries, I think it was in... 91 or something okay. like that mm. yeah so yeah 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 so he had a lot of contacts with uh with brewers already at that time yeah. so and then he started doing uh quality control so in at the leopard university we did uh we had three activities it was uh, research of course mm-hmm. uh we gave some courses brewing courses mm-hmm. uh, for the students of, of, of Belgium, but also international course. Mm-hmm. Every two years we organize an international course of uh, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we did. We had a small laboratory that did quality control yeah. for the brewers. So they, they, the brewers send over beers and malt and hops. And are we talking it about was, uh, Belgian family brewers or smaller breweries? Or it, it is, uh, well, well, let us say that activity we still do today. Mm-hmm. So I'll come to that immediately. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and then, um, so we, we, did, we did quality control and we did some consulting. I also joined my father after my PhD in his lab. Mm-hmm. And then when he had to retire, because in Belgium, when you're 65, you have to retire. Mm-hmm. Well, I he said, yeah, what are you going to do? And I wanted to go to a brewery and I did have some contacts with breweries, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So normally I, I could have started in a brewery. Yeah. But then the other brewers said, well, you can't stop uh, what you're doing today. Uh, can't you do it on your own? And then we started thinking and we were looking for a nice place because I didn't want to start up a lab in yeah. industrial, yeah. Uh, so we were looking for a, a nice, a nice place to to start up a small brewery, a laboratory, and then we came to this place. Yeah. So, okay, so here we go again. Another father-son dynamic. Another family business in Belgian beer. Another father's name, which weighs heavy on the shoulders of the son. My dad, well, he's, he isn't working at the lab anymore. He's more doing, uh, well, he's, he's now today, shall I tell it? <laughs> 72, I think. Okay, yeah, wow. so uh, he has done consulting till last year. Yeah. Last year he said, well, 
I think it's now time for you to do it. Yeah. Um, and but well, when I have some questions, of course, I, of course you can, can, I, can I can ask him. Um, but he's, he's giving tours. I'm kind of detecting a similar story here. You had Father Omer van der Hinste, the king, who elevated the Bokor Larger to great heights in West Flanders, with his son, Omer Jean, the prince, almost hesitant at first to take on that crown. And here, you have another prince, Philippe Delvaux, son of the brewing science king, Freddy Delvaux hesitant to take on his father's roster of iconic Belgian breweries seeking technical advice. Uh, well, I, I always said I didn't want to become what my dad did because the reason was that my father was almost never at home, yeah. <laughs> like all brewers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as a kid, when well, in the weekends, from time to time, we went to, to the brewery in Leuven then, uh, I think when I was four or five years old, uh, Saturday he, he had to follow up fermentations from yeah, time to time because, and then I, I, I remember the smell of, of, of the fermentation, uh, which at that moment I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I say, we knew that our father was a, was a, was a brewer. Uh, I remember when I was 12 or something like that, uh, well, I had my first beer mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I also had beer on tap on, uh, when I when I made my, um, I say it, uh, a communion. A communion, yeah. yeah. But then, then there was a moment I didn't have a lot of contact with my father because he was working. He started at the university. I was uh, uh, doing other things. He's quite famous as well, I think, at one point. Yeah, 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 of course. But then uh, when I had to make a choice, when I was 17, I said, what shall I do? I'd like to do chemistry. Uh, and then I went with two friends to the university to, to subscribe. And I said, well, chemistry, what can you, can you do? Well, well let, let, I'll try bioengineering. Yeah. And I had to make a thesis. Well, actually, be, uh, all my friends said, yeah, you have to do something on beer like your father. I said, yeah, but I can't do it in, in my father's lab. But then, there was a friend of mine who started, who was going to do his thesis at the Laboratory of Food Chemistry. Yeah. And there was one guy doing uh, research on, on wheat beers. Yeah. Actually, the, the arbinoxylans in, in, in wheat. The, the what? Ar- arbinoxylans, pentosans. So it's, it's uh, arbinoxylans are actually uh, polysaccharides that are important for the cell wall structure okay. of, of barley. Okay. And, uh, and he, had, he needed someone to do his and uh, I went with that guy and then I was already working on wheat beer yeah. and then the old brewer of the university who was retired at, moment, at that moment uh, he came back to learn me how to make beer yeah. in, in the pilot brewery of the university at that moment oh. and it was a good friend of my father of course yeah. uh, he was already 67 uh, and then uh, well I made my first beers yeah. in my thesis One thing that sets the Delvaux Brewery and Laboratory apart in Belgium, and indeed in the world, is their world-famous and extensive yeast bank. Built up over years when Freddy Delvaux worked at the University of Leuven, and then in his consulting years since. <laughs> well, we also have a collection of our own, of course. That, that's your own yeast? We have our own yeast uh, bank, yeah. And yeah. where the hell do you get those? Uh, well, From the university? Uh, well, my father is already working f- 
30, uh, 40 years <laughs> in the brewing field. So, and he, he always collected uh, yeast from from uh, from different uh, breweries. different breweries, different <laughs> places. Uh, we've done some research on on or, or even bought some some. Uh, some uh, lambic beers, uh -huh. and if, if you if you take the tea, so we also went to Egypt for for American brewery yeah. for uh, duck duck fish head duck head duck, uh, duck, duck fish head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he has asked us once to go to uh, Egypt. Really, the, the the place of Mesopotamia. Where, Did you go yourself? Uh, no, it was my colleague at that moment, Tom Tom Mertens. He was oh. a brewer at that moment. Okay. He he went to to Egypt and then he collected some yeast from from uh, nearby a bakery wow. uh, just in the wild. And then we tried to find some Sacrum Cerevisiae and that yeast we we have isolated it. We've done some brewing tests with it, and then Sam has made. Uh, it was on television, television yeah, yeah, I think. I and they say they said they did it, but it was actually <laughs> our brewer who went to uh, to Egypt. Yeah. Okay, so with all that context, let's get into the story of how Omer Traditional Blonde was created. Well, it was actually my father who said to the father of Omer Jean, Omer. Yeah that uh, it was time to make a new beer. Okay. And it had to be a top fermenting beer. Well, it had to be higher in alcohol. And uh, it, I think it took about five or even 10 years <laughs> to, to convince the brewers there yeah, yeah. To, to, to make a new beer. And then, um, well, how we actually do it when we want to make a new beer is that we do a tasting. <coughs> with people, eh? with, with the brewers or, or with uh, yeah. the owners. Eh? Yeah. And that, well, most of the time we, we go, I, I think, 10, 10 days a year. I go yeah. over to the brewery. So a lot of the tastings are in the in the brewery itself. Yeah. And I say to them, yeah, just collect some beers. What kind of beer do you like? And mm -hmm. then we do a tasting. And then we try to make a new beer. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can be based on even foreign beer. It can be a German beer even, or, or yeah. perhaps an American beer, doesn't matter, yeah. uh, depending on the beer. In that day, it, of course, it wasn't an American beer from there, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we, we try to find a new, well... So you have an open discussion about It's it. an open discussion. And Makes we sense. try to find out what kind of beer the brewer would like to have. And were you in the room on, at that time, or was it your father? It was me, it was okay. me, yeah, at that moment, yeah, yeah. And my father was also there at that moment. I'd love yeah. to have been listening yeah. to the comments. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had then, then, I think, two or three times a, a tasting. Yeah. Uh, also with uh, um, Karel Alsbergen. Oh, yeah? And Sam, Sam Cartier. Yeah. So the two brewers of Brewery uh, yeah. Meir van der Ginsen. And we taste a lot of beers, and then we start making experimental beers. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think, it was immediately. Sometimes it's, it's in a two-liter tall tube. Okay. If you really want to compare, yeah. ten yeasts. Yeah. But uh, in the case of, of Omer, it was it was immediately in the in the pilot brewery. We've made, I think, two or three tests. What's the size of the pilot brewery? Also, five it's it's five hectoliter. Yeah. It's five hectoliter. Yeah. Okay. So do you make wort and divide it up into different yeasts? Uh, at the final stage, yes. If we want to compare 10 yeasts, we do it at the lab scale. Yeah. And then <coughs> the two last yeasts, most of the time we can, we can do in our, uh, 
you know, yeah. pilot brewery because we have two fermentation vessels of uh, 2.5 hectoliter. Yeah. So that's uh, ideal. And I believe if you go smaller, it's not always the same. You need yeah. some yeah. volume need to some, have uh, to have the same flavors. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the fermentation of uh, the, the, the isomilacetate, for instance. Yeah. If, if uh, it's a too small vessel, you have two times the isomilla state uh, well isomilastate presents as the kind of it's, it's, banana, banana, it's a banana flavor the pear, that yeah. Type of yeah, yeah 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 and if you have two times the concentration in a yeah. very small vessel well it's a completely different beer yeah. Yeah. so what we do it's we use a 2.5 hectoliter vessel which which like uh, two meters high yeah. something like that and we put some pressure on it just to to mimic uh the, yeah. the, the big the big CCTs so yeah. and I think that's ideal it's an ideal size yeah we saw that they, they liked some beers and then they liked others and we we tried to combine different flavors of different beers and 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 yeah make, make an original beer because first it's important Absolutely. because we work with with more than, than 20 breweries it's important if we beer. if we develop a beer it must be a completely different right. well, completely must be yeah, a different the, beer. Eh? Omer is kind of, it falls somewhere on the range of, well, this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. <clears throat> somewhere in the range of, there's elements of a Belgian triple, mm -hmm. there's elements of like a Belgian golden strong duval type mm -hmm. style. Yeah. It's got a little bit more body than that, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's not as um, uh, malty or as kind of... Um, uh, heavy going or full bodied as a triple, mm -hmm. so it can, yeah. for me it's it, it's something it's in, in between yeah. spectrum, which is a, a little bit unique, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what's the point in making another triple, and what's the point in making another duval? Yeah, and they have yeah. their extension in their brasserie the four range, mm -hmm. and the triple yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. is quite unique. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then there is, a, you know, obviously a unique kind of yeast character to mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. It, you don't have to tell me exactly where you guys got it, but you're obviously working from strains that you got, you know, yeah. how, do you, how do you decide? Do you just have a few yeast that you think might work and then show, show it to the brewers? Well, uh, I think I can tell you that the first thing we did was doing, we, we tried to make a blonde beer with their lager yeast. Ah, okay. And you have to know that but at the exact same moment, uh, Abimbev has made the, um, how is it again, the Jupiler Tauro? Jupiler? Tauro. Tauro, okay. Tauro. It was also a lager beer with okay. uh, 8, 8 or 8.5% of alcohol, but it failed completely. And we also had the same, we had the, the feeling we can't do it with this yeast because I didn't want to change the yeast. And I remember that's one of the, the tests we did. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, afterwards, it was just one test. Just, what can, can we do anything about it? And it, it was just funny because afterwards we saw that other eh, a big brewer it was also doing the same thing. But we said, uh, it, is, it is not good. It's not a good idea. Uh, and then we did some tests with other yeasts. Uh, I think the, first, uh, the, the second brew was already uh, a hit. Yeah. Then we filled it in bottles. Yeah. And we did a tasting at the brewery, and then Amarjo said, uh, well, "This is it. This is what we are going to make." Of course, afterward we had a scale. Uh, we had to scale up of the brewing, and 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 we did a few tests because it was well. 
he's also putting his name to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like not just an yeah, I mean, we didn't know it. We didn't know no. because before the, the beer was bottled, we didn't know the name. And it's at the sermon, it will be Omer. Oh, Omer. And then it's, it's, I think it's a great story. Absolutely. You know, it's a good beer, but yeah. it's also... It's good marketing, but it's, it's also... It's good marketing true. and it's true. Yeah, no, it's yeah like that's really, true. Uh, it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. It's quite brave for him to put his name on that, yeah. On yeah. that beer, but he's obviously very proud of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, uh, and also the quality of the beer, it's, it's a true beer. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's a, f- a quite easy beer Dangerous to make. Easy. But, they, but to drink also, Absolutely. but also to make. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's not with, with, with spices or yeah, a lot of spices of, of lots, uh, lots of, of yeast flavors. Yeah. It's, it's just the simplicity of the beer is the success of that beer. Yeah. The simplicity of that beer is the success of that beer. Isn't that so true of so many of the world's greatest beers? Simple construction, high quality ingredients, people who know what they're doing technically, and also a soul, an understanding about why you're making it and what it represents. Before I leave, I try to ask once more about Philippe's relationship with the Delvaux name. He's had the Delvaux legacy kind of thrust upon him, I guess. So I thought it might be interesting to take a different approach and ask about the legacy that he might hand down. Do you have um, any kids? I have kids, yeah, yeah but they're still small. What are you doing? <laughs> I have a son of 10 and a daughter of 11. And they hate beer <laughs> till today, but that's good. That's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> that is, that's very good. Well, but they, they, when I come home from time to time, I've got some flavors in, in my car. Yeah. Uh, like the, or, or, or um, flavor. Well, flavor compounds yeah, like yeah. isomilostate or DMS if, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I've given a, a, a course, a tasting course in a brewery. Yeah. And then uh, they always want to smell, so yeah. they're already smelling. They're already interested, they're already interested in, in flavors, yeah. not in beer, but in yeah. flavors. <laughs> that's good. But that's a good start. Yeah. And I mean, do you think they'll go down the science route, or that they they will go down the science road? Uh, I have no idea. But you're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would it be nice for you to also have them involved in the family business? Well, I think if you start up a brewery like this one. Um, then it's always interesting right? because yeah. you, you not only do it for yourself. You, if you start up something like that, you do it for for the eh, you, for the future, for the next gen- generation as well. I think yeah. so. I hope one of them will be interested, but uh, well, it's still too yeah. early. <laughs> we have to wait. But it's, it's a similar yeah. dynamic with family brewers that yeah, yeah. you have a brewery, your father passed it down to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have kids. But my father never said I had to do the same. It was me Your who sin. said I won't do the same as my father, but every time when I had to make a decision, it was in the direction of the, the thing my father did. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Part 3 Tournée générale Okay, so let's go back to Omer Jean van der Hinste in Bellingham at Brouwerij Omer van der Hinste. I wanted to ask again how they decided to name the beer Omer and you know how it was initially received when it was launched and what his father, Omer van der Hinste, thought about the beer. Like then my dad uh, got ill um, in 2006, passed away in 2007. Unfortunately, he never uh, tasted the, the, the beer Amer. Shit, really? No, no. We, we, were, we were developing, developing was he, was he it. Sick or did he, was it? He, was, he got sick, yeah. He got uh, uh, cancer and uh, he was sick for one year. Very bad illness. Very, so very, very difficult. A uh, lot of pain, a lot of... Uh, physical pain and uh, anyway so uh, he passed away in October uh, 7 mm-hmm. and we launched the beer uh, September 8 so unfortunately I remember I talked to him and said wow what name how, should, how are we going to name it and we said well, there was only one name eh, for, for a strong uh, a strong top fermented uh, specialty beer it's only one name Omer Omer remember no beer at that time had a first name. Was named by its first name. Family name, yes, Maas and 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 and, uh, and Willemans and, and and you had, but first name, there was like Omer. You know, all the old names come back. Uh, Julien and 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 and, and Baptiste. except Baptiste, except Omer. Omer, you know, Omer is an old Flemish name. It's not a French name. It's even in Flanders, people think it's a French name. In fact, it's an old Flemish name. It comes from Saint-Omer, city of Saint-Omer, town of Saint-Omer in northern France, but Saint-Omer was a Flemish town. It was the first Flemish town. Uh, older than Bruges, older than Ypres and Ghent. It was, a, but not today is in France, but mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages, it was part of French Flanders. Flemish, yeah. French France. They spoke Dutch, they spoke Flemish, they yeah. spoke not Dutch, Flemish. Anyway, so it's a Flemish name, and but all the old names come back except Omer. Yeah. And when, your, when your father suggested that to you, did you think, well, or did you think yeah, that's no, 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 no. It you was to, together. We know we said, but I remember that we, we at that time that we had another marketeer, and we had an, an, an outside marketing uh, you know, people that didn't found it of so old-fashioned and. It's not uh, no. It wasn't. It wasn't well uh, received. Uh, but there was one market, one marketeer, who found it fantastic. And then we said, okay, let's do it. Let's call it Omer. And in fact, it, it, it it's obvious. It, it was so obvious. Um, so on the timeline of Omer, then, um, so you're working with Freddy and Philippe. You have your own brewers working on it. It's not a quick thing because you, you work on it for two years. For yeah, it's not in 2008. Yes. Family Jack, uh, Expo in Kent. Yes. Initial positive reaction? Very positive reactions about the, the, the taste. But you know, we didn't, it was small, small volumes and we didn't have a lot of distribution at that time. Uh, so locally, it went, it went well. Uh, we had some wholesalers who worked with us already for our Goose and our Creek, our Creek Max. But it was 
it went. So it was gradually accruing. It's really gradually. And at what point did you realize this is the backbone of our brewery? In 2009, we won the first prize at, um, in... Uh, Were Awards? No, no, in, in Germany. Uh, uh, European Beer Star. European Beer Star. So, well, that's nice. And then in 2010, in Eastern 2010, and that was uh, in World Beer Cup. That was a big one. That was a, a big uh, award. And uh, immediately we saw, at that time, awards were still appreciated. Today, uh, people don't know anymore. But then at that time, ah, there was beginning of the, the, the awards. And then we had this uh, yeah, amazing, uh, that was really, there from World Beer Cup, I said, well, we have really good beer here. We really have a good beer and it's accepted and, and good accepted and, and, and uh, with a strong potential. And then we had beginning of uh, to, uh, 6th February, 4th February, I think, 2011, Tournée Générale. The TV, uh, uh, yeah. these two guys, you yeah. know. Was it, was it the same two guys, Jean Blaute? Jean Blaute and, and the English guy, yeah. Jean Blaute and the English guy. Jean Blote is a Belgian guitarist, and the English guy is television presenter Ray Cooks. Together, Blote and Cooks were shooting their Discovery series Tournée Générale about Belgian beer for National Channel 1 when they drove into Bellingham with their blue and white Volkswagen campervan. It was the second series they were shooting after a successful debut in 2009 with Sputnik Media. The idea being that Cokes would play the intrigued and hapless tourist, with Blote as the proud Belgian showing, the, showing off the hidden gems of his brewing culture. Now the show enjoyed huge viewing figures across Belgium and would go on to gain a third season. One of the breweries featured in Tournée Générale was Brauerei Omer van der Hinste in Bellingham. So in episode 3 of series 2 of Tournée Générale, aired on the 2nd of February 2011, Blote and Cokes meet Omer Jean van der Hinste at Café du Sportwereld, and the camera follows the three men with you know, background shots of the café's stained glass windows and art deco lettering, beating van Omer van der Hinste, as they walk down Quabruchstraat towards the entrance to the brewery, and the camera pans to the brewery tower, built at the end of the 1920s to facilitate the production of Pilsners and then hones in on the group of three men in the bar and terrace inside the brewery tower. Omer Jean pours bottles of Omer Traditional Blonde. Blaute asks how they developed it and Omer Jean talks about the assistance they had received from the father and son team Freddy and Philippe Delvaux who had themselves been guests of Tournée Générale in the first series. Then Cokes tastes the beer, and he's impressed. That's one of the loveliest blondes I've ever tasted, he says, on national television. And they had done it the year before, eight episodes, no reactions. Second time they did it, it was huge. Suddenly the whole of Flanders was watching TV and discovered the bruise. We were not the only one who had a lot of success. Yeah. Eh? You had other breweries uh, like Bostales yeah. who uh, had a lot of uh, 
positive reaction about that. And, and for us, I remember <laughs> a couple of days after the the, the, the episode, I called my, 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 my people and, and they say, you, you feel the, the, is there some <laughs> extra sales? Thanks. No, we don't feel anything. <laughs> oh, I was very disappointed after a week, no. And suddenly after two or three weeks, suddenly the, 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 the command, the, 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 the demand was, and after two months we were out of stock, no, no beer anymore. After two wow. months, after six weeks, we were out of stocks and, and from then on it went. That was really the yeah, a boost, an incredible boost. But that's boost. also like a lot of breweries in your like family breweries have tried to launch new products and there's been a few that have had a lot of success and a few that haven't. Yeah. Omer has been an incredible success. Incredible. And that's also part, and the beauty of it is that it's got your own family name on it and it's not just, you have to create a new product, of course, but it's something that's very relatable to the history of the brewery. Yes, but you also need some luck, eh? Ray Cokes. I remember, so there was people who were watching all the, the episodes and then journalists went, a written a journalist uh, from the written press went to him and said, well, no, you've, you've been to all these breweries. Which one is your favorite? To Ray Cokes. He said, listen, to be honest, I didn't like beer. Before I started this, these episodes here, this, I didn't like it. Jean was the expert. He was like, the, you know, the yeah, funny yeah, guy. Yeah, eh? yeah. And, but till I drank Omer. Yeah. For me, it was a discovery, uh, Omer, and since then I, I drink beer and I love, I love Omer. So you need to be a, a little bit uh, lucky, I guess, uh, in these things. In recent years, Omer Traditional Blonde has gone from strength to strength, powering the brewery forward and facilitating the building of a brand new brew house on the Coabrichstraat in Bellingham. The van der Hinstes family brewery has become so important to the village that part of the Coabrichstraat was renamed in 2019 to Brauwtorenstraat, Brew Tower Street. The new fully automated Steinacker brewery allows Brauerei Omer van der Hinster to brew five times in the space of 18 hours, increasing their annual capacity from the 90,000 hectolitres of their old 1947 brew house to a possible 180,000 hectolitres today. They brewed 110,000 hectolitres in 2021, 20% of which was exported, mostly to neighbouring countries France and the Netherlands. There's now 90 people, 9-0, working for Brauerei Omer van der Hinste. That's a far cry from Omer van der Hinste's kind of one-man horse and cart show of 1892. Their annual revenue in 2021 was somewhere in the region of 30 million euro. And they're expecting about 15,000 visitors to the brewery in the next year. In a press release to mark the 130th anniversary of the brewery in September 2022, Omer Jean was quoted as saying that he had received a fantastic brewery from previous generations and that he wants to pass it on even better to the next. There are also quotes about preserving the heritage from his son, 29-year-old Omer Jerry van der Hinste, who started at the brewery in 2019 as the fifth generation of his family to work there, most likely 
the next Omer to lead it. When your surname is the name of the brewery and your first name is on its most important beer, there's a little bit of pressure on your shoulders to ensure it works. And maybe even to come up with a new successful beer. Very I'm not man. that old, eh? Very young man. I'm not that old, but uh, I mean, I think it must be great to see that your children are doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that they're doing a better job. I hope they will do a better job than I do. Then you can relax. Or that they, they, they and you see that the brewery is, is well run and is developing well, and that the quality is good, and, and that the beers are, are well accepted, and, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Then you, I hope, I hope, I will. Great. Will be that day, and and if no brewery, if none of my kids are interested, <coughs> what do we do then? I take the train to Levine. I was out drinking, looking for the next thing I couldn't really settle down Always on the run, I didn't want to slow down Oh
Thanks to Visit Flanders for their support in producing this podcast and thanks to you all for listening. I'm so grateful for your support and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, why not recommend it to someone or even better, leave a review so others can see. My name is Brandon Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smart Podcast. Until next time, love what you do.